right, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Steve Patrick of the band Young Rising Sons over Zoom video. Steve was born and raised in Red Bank, New Jersey, and he talks about how he got into music. He's actually a multi-instrumentalist. He's the drummer of Young Rising Sons because there's not a lot of drummers. He said he was one of two drummers really in his, his hometown, so he kind of had to pick a litter when it came to being in bands. Young Rising Sun started without a vocalist when the band was in New York City. They're at a bar watching Andy perform, actually, an acoustic solo set. They knew that he had to be the singer of their band, so they approached him. He ends up joining the band. They start writing songs in Steve's mother's basement. They put out an EP. They have huge success with the song High that ends up getting them signed to a major label. And from there, basically, they're on tour for a couple of years straight. He talks about releasing the next EP, having one of the band members quit on them around 2016, 2017, the hiatus the band took in 2018, and how during the pandemic, uh, they decided to get the band back together, start releasing songs. They've put out an EP and their first full-length record, which is called Still Point in a Turning World. You can watch our interview with Steve on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we would love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Young Rising Sons. So I'm Adam, and this is about you, uh, the band, the journey in music, and uh, the new record. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks uh, for having us. Pumped to be here, Adam. Yeah. So uh band started in what, Red Bank, New Jersey? Is that where you're originally from? Yeah. So originally, uh, we started in Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, me and Julian both grew up uh, around that area and played in a lot of... Uh, opposing local bands essentially um and then you know one day decided like everything that the local scene was offering wasn't really what we wanted to do and and kind of joined forces started a band and we were looking for a singer uh, and happened to pop into a place in uh, new york city and just saw andy singing and we're like this this is the guy we we need him to sing um so, you know, we, we invited him over for a practice and it was like a very quick, like chemistry and, and we became fast friends. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Right on. I did read. It's interesting because I was, I, I don't know much about uh, Jersey or, or Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, yeah, yeah. And Sebastian Bach lived there for a minute from, yeah, from he, Skid Row. Yeah. He's one of those guys that like you would kind of randomly uh run into my brother a few years back just bumped into him and like started facetiming me and he was like it's sebastian bach he's like you guys both play music you should hang out i was like yeah definitely yeah that'd be amazing <laughs> <laughs> and they filmed what some of uh, kevin smith's early films there too right yeah so it's funny they i'm not sure it's there any longer so i've since i've since moved to uh brooklyn uh but you know go back pretty often i have a lot of family down there and, and it's like still you know where our band is is from originally. So we like to, you know, keep tabs on everything, but Kevin Smith had uh, a comic book shop there for a while. And then mm -hmm. even the town that I grew up in, which was right outside of Red Bank, um, 
on the street I grew up on, he actually, that's where like clerks was filmed. Everything is at that, this place quick stop, which is like right down the road. Yeah. That's so, so crazy. It's, it's kind of a fun little, like, like I'm pretty sure Kevin Smith worked there uh, back in the day. And he used to like sell my like milk to my dad when he, when he was like, you know, before he became a director or anything. Yeah. Pretty crazy. That is so wild. That is crazy. Um, wow. Okay. So uh, with, with music though, you're the drummer. Was that always your instrument? Is that the first instrument you learned? So it's funny. Uh, I kind of started, I think the, the reason why I kind of had a natural knack for like melody and stuff like that and songwriting, uh, was because my dad would put on queen records and just put me at the piano and be like, hopefully he figures this out. Um, and I would kind of start tapping some stuff out here and there, but drums after that, like was my main, I, I begged my parents for a drum kit when I was like 11 years old. Um, and kind of just stuck with it. So that's always been like my primary instrument, but I, I do happen to play everything. But when we were forming this band, um, it was kind of like, all right, no one else can play drums. Steve, you're playing drums. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. But, uh, okay. you know, I write, I write with everyone. We, you know, I could play guitar, bass, piano, and pretty much everyone else can too. So it's kind of a fun, we'll switch instruments here, here and there, except for drums. They're the one that no one else seemed to figure out yet. That's funny. <laughs> that's always the hardest instrument for to find like if you're in a band it's like the drummer man i i it, i put my i have a uh, sunny's turning seven next month and we got Amazing. him a drum drum kit like right in the beginning of quarantine i'm like okay this kid has way oh. too much energy need to get him something so we got him a drum set but he has the electric drum so oh know, nice like destroying the neighborhood but uh he, he likes it and I, and I was just thinking like you know that's the instrument that you could kind of decide which band you want to play with because it, the drummer is always hard to find. That is, you know, kind of going back to the, the first question of, you know, the band starting Red Bank. That's kind of exactly what I did. I, I was one of like only two drummers that were in the area in Red Bank. And another, the other one that I played with a lot, actually, the other drummer was this guy, Jack Lawless, who now is the drummer of DNCE and the Jonas Brothers. Wow. Um, so him and, I, him and I both just kind of were like everyone's drummer for a little while when we were like 15, 16 years old. And it was cool because we were able to make friends with a bunch of really talented musicians and kind of pick and choose the, the folks that we wanted to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were, you in, were you in drum line or anything like that in school or in the band at school? No. So I was in the band, but I played saxophone and like very quickly discovered that was not my instrument and <laughs> wanted to make, make the jump to drums uh, at the, the, my, the teacher that I had at the time was like, just maybe focus on one thing. And I was like, no, those are my instrument. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you did you say your dad was a musician or played? So he was just a huge music fan. Um okay. it's kind of a running theme in our entire band. All of us are are massive math like come from families who um didn't necessarily play music, but we're just massive music fans. And it kind of gave us like a pretty eclectic taste of music. Uh, okay. You know, all of our homes growing up. We were surrounded by our families listening to like a lot of Motown, Temptations, Four Tops. Uh, into like classic rock stuff and, and queen and the Beatles and it yeah it kind of shaped all of us. And it's a big part of how we all became friends because we all had these kind of similar uh, upbringings and, and musical families that weren't so much musicians, but were music lovers. Mm-hmm. Were they also pretty supportive of what you guys wanted to do as far as play I, in a band? Yeah, we, we've been really fortunate in that sense that we all like, even when we were, you know, kids, uh, my parents, especially, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to college. I'm going to go do music instead. Um, and I, you know, there was a hesitation, but they were mm-hmm. like, okay, if you really love this, like, let's, let's see where it goes. 
Um, and I think kind of the same for everybody else as well. It's, it's, we're fortunate to have had such a great support system behind us. Mm -hmm. You said you guys saw uh, Andy playing at a bar in New York. Were you living in New York at the time or he just happened to be playing a set and he's from, uh, the area you guys grew up in, in Red Bank or. Yeah. Yeah. So he actually, Andy's originally from, uh, Columbus, Ohio. And okay. he uh, was going to school at the new school in New York oh, City. Oh, New York City. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And just was happened. He, he was in like another band at the time a bit, but he was going to school actually for uh, vocal jazz. Um, so I think he was just kind of playing this like one-off set uh, at this this place that we would always, it was kind of, it's, it's now a 7-Eleven, which is sad, but we'd always <laughs> go in there. Um, and I, probably rightfully so. I went in there when I was definitely underage, like all the time. Mm-hmm. um sorry uh and uh we just happened to go in and we saw this guy singing and we we're like wow he is he just has such a, a powerful voice he was able to like I, i'm not sure if you've ever seen us live but andy is just like the one consistent thing every night his voice is just it, it's incredible so we were like we really need to work with this guy um okay. and, yeah and luckily we vibed like <laughs> he wound up being a really cool guy uh and and you know that's been, you guys- it's been a fun ride were you guys just like in the city or were you living there at that point? So no, we, uh, we were actually just in the city. We, we would always go, we just, you know, being from Jersey, it's not too far of a ride in, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, take the train in, take the, take a drive in, whatever. Uh, and we would always kind of frequent this place on, on weekends. Um, I would just kind of pop over because we had a lot of friends that lived in the city and, and you know, growing up in like the tri-state, it, there's mm-hmm. so many so many friends in this area in New York and Brooklyn. It's like, it's impossible to not kind of just eventually wind up in New York at the end of the night anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so once you, you know, you see him play, convince him to join the band or whatever, however that conversation went, um, what, what's next? You guys start writing songs together or, you, it, or did you have songs done that you just needed a vocalist for or how, how does the band start? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. We, we did have some songs um, that were written and because at the time, you know, Julian and I were playing together and we had a, another guitar player who was our original guitar player, uh, Dylan, and we had all written some stuff together. Um, and just, you know, we kind of presented the songs to Andy, but we were like, you know, we kind of felt that it was unfair to just have a guy come in and just sing the songs that were written for him. And, and he mm-hmm. was, a, you know, is a very talented songwriter. So um, we had a couple like that and then immediately kind of got into the room and started putting our heads together and writing and realizing how, um, how kind of complimentary he was to us because he did have this kind of music theory background. He went to school for music. Uh, the rest of us were more just, you know, songwriters from the, the standpoint of like, it, it just kind of came out of us. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was able to re- refine it all a little bit. So it was a really kind of good combination when, when he joined in. So um, yeah, we wrote songs for a little bit and then wound up writing our, our like debut EP that, that kind of, we just put it out there and it, it clicked and people liked it. I'm like, okay, this formula seems, seems to work. So mm-hmm. it's been really cool. Yeah. So you put that EP out and then quickly, I mean, that song, the song high got massive, yeah. you know, exposure and it does amazing. And is that what landed you, the guys to deal with then Interscope? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of a, a crazy, uh, you know, cause we just, we got together and like our whole thing was always just like, look, just do what, what feels right and natural and just kind of go for it and not really put a lot of pressure around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, and we put out high and, and like all of us, I was still working 
I worked at a grocery store and I remember like my phone blowing up and then being like, Hey, so I think we're signing a record deal. Like you should, you have to leave work. <laughs> so I just kind of was like, okay. Um, yeah. Which is probably the funniest way to ever quit a job. Just going to my manager and be like, so I'm, I have to go, I'm signing to a, a record company. And they were like, so you'd be back tomorrow. I was like, I don't think I'm coming back ever. I, I don't know. Um, oh, that's but it was, funny. Yeah. And it, so, yeah, it just kind of was like a wild ride. Like it, just from the start, we just, for whatever reason, it just kind of clicked and, and people resonated with it. And we, we just ran with it. It's been really fun ever since. That's funny. That reminds me, have you ever seen the documentary dig about uh, the Brian Jonestown massacre and Dandy Warhol I, just, like touring I, and stuff? I, like someone recommended that to me this week. And I have a chance to oh, it's yeah. It's there's a part in it when one of the members of Brian Jonestown's massacre, they like send him out. He's they're going to like sign a deal. I forgot what label it is. So they send him out to sign to be like the face of the band to sign this deal. And he's got to stay in this hotel and he checks in and he, he tells the, the, the girl like asks, you know, you know, who, you know, what's your name? And he, and he tells her, he's like, Oh, I'm blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm, I'm about to become a real big deal. Like that's his whole thing is like, I'm about to be a big deal. And he starts just, he's just saying it to all these people. It's really funny. It just kind of reminds <laughs> me of that. Like, yeah. I'm about to sign this record deal. So like, I'm, so I'm just bad. about to be a huge deal here. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah it was uh, kind of a weird, I, I, I mean, me, especially I'm, I'm the kind of person who's just like, I don't, I don't know like what's happening. I don't believe any of this. I'm just trying to do what I do and just kind of embrace right. it. So yeah, it, it was kind of like a funny conversation to have, but that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty on brand. I love that. So you guys, <laughs> what had some success with the song and then Interscope kind of comes around. Like when you, when you put the record out, how do you start seeing success with it? Was it people showing up to your shows? Was it like online? Yeah, I mean, a little, little from column A, a little from column B. We, we originally started working with um, this guy, Shep Goodman, who uh, really kind of like helped us navigate the music industry to start because we kind of knew nothing. We were just like writing. We literally were writing these songs in my, my parents' basement um, wow. and just like dropped these songs and, and like started getting a lot of traction with them. We saw like, uh, you know, our, we put like high on like YouTube and wound up getting like, thousands and thousands and thousands of views within the first like 24 hours and and then all of these you know companies are kind of knocking at your door so we were working with shep and he really kind of helped us um navigate like the initial hurdles of like what the hell is going on and then mm -hmm. we immediately you know interscope just felt like the right home for us at the time and we wound up going there and then immediately just kind of got on the road and and every show we played we just saw more and more people showing up and seeing the words and it was really surreal for us. Cause we were, again, like I said, like a month before that, we're just like working jobs, writing music and, and not really expecting any of this. We were just doing it cause we love doing it. Like we would, mm -hmm. we'd be doing the same thing regardless. Cause it's just, this is what we do. It's what we know best. Right. Right. Wow. So once you, did you ever go back to the, the grocery store? Or was that legit your last day there? That was my last day there. Like straight up. <laughs> yeah. awesome. I've done it now. Like to like shot, I showed up, like, I think, uh, especially after things, really kind of like popped off. We toured like pretty much nonstop for the first like year before we were able to take a little bit of time and, and like collect ourselves and process it. Mm -hmm. And I, I did go there because uh, I went home to visit uh, my my parents at that point. Um, it just popped in and just like the middle of the afternoon, it was like, hey, sorry, I'm late for my shift and my manager <laughs> lost it. He was like cracking up about that. That's amazing. Yeah, but it was cool. They were really supportive and like everyone there was really, really pumped. And yeah, it was just like a, a really bizarre thing.
Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so cool though. And with Sorry, that first, my my dog is slowly trying to find. Oh, boxer! Into the, into the I love yeah, it. Yeah, he's like a pit boxer mix bandit. He's he's uh, deciding now is a good time to interfere. Sorry, oh, all good. <laughs> I, that, I love doing these Zoom things because this happens. Uh, the other day, I was interviewing someone, and their dog kept barking. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, this is I such know, a behind the curtain look to like everything. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, just hanging in my apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Um, so on that first EP is when you did a, a ton of touring, like you said, a year on the road, or did you have, yeah. you know, that next EP out yet? Or were you working on that as you were touring? It, kind, yeah, kind of all at the same time. We, we discovered quickly that it, you know, just, just touring on, on that level, we were doing a lot of like radio promo and press and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, and I think doing it, and trying to write music at the same time, like we realized just how difficult it is. Uh, so we did have like another EP that we had started. And every time we were home, we were really just in the studio. And even on the road, we were still like working and writing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So we kind of were like touring nonstop and then we had a little break and then put out uh, that, that second EP, the kids will be fine. And mm -hmm. just kind of continued, continued like writing and, and touring for a really, <laughs> really long time, actually. And then I think, it kind of, we kind of hit like a gradual, just like lull. Um, and all of us, I think we're just a little bit, a little bit just like tired and, and burned out. And it was just kind of a, a long time. So we took a little break and, and pivoted and then came back and like during the pandemic, cause we just felt like that was the right time to kind of bring YRS back out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, on those early, just to touch on that, uh, you know, the radio stuff and I've come from radio. I did it for a long time, over 15 years. And just like right seeing, like, so you were what doing like promotional stuff? Like, were, are you playing like the shows that the radio stations would put together? Or like, tell me yeah, about that experience. Yeah. All of it really. So we, I mean, the, it, especially when you're touring, um, like our day basically consisted of like, we, we would finish a show in whatever city it was. Say we finished in like Phoenix the night before. And the next day we'd have to be in Denver 10 AM to do like radio. So we would just pack our stuff up, drive through the night get there and get to the radio station. You do performance, you do an interview, you do all mm -hmm. your liners, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. um, and you're doing it, you're doing it on like, you know, two hours of sleep in that you slept in a van kind of just like all <laughs> sure. bent out of shape. And then, yeah. And you're, you show up and you're, you know, trying your best to, to look like a presentable human being. Um, but it was great. I mean, it was an awesome experience. You go there and everyone is just like very pumped to see you. And it's a really cool, uh, I don't know. You, you, I met a lot. We met a lot of uh, very cool people going to radio stations because they're just fans of music they're lovers mm -hmm. of music and that's why everyone gets into it so it's like it was good it was nice people to be greeted by on like zero hours of sleep very hungover okay. after driving 600 miles yeah <laughs> sure sure <laughs> i'm curious just because um being on the other side of it you you, nah, you have to have these artists like at, like just that you brought up liners that's funny because i remember having you know you'd have to be like oh hey can you do like a you know you're listening to blah 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 and then like whatever the tagline is or you try to like it, it like how annoying <laughs> does that become like i mean it's almost like you have to fake like oh we're the, this is my favorite radio station blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly like it's one of those things that like the charm of it because you you grow like you know you grew up writing and playing music and you're always like man i i wish i could do that so i feel like the charm of it never really wears off like it's okay. always it always is fun like i i don't think there was ever a time that we were ever like like oh, fuck like all right let me okay. try and get Hey, you're like, well, like we were just always pumped. Like it was just so, so cool to us, no matter how many times you did it. So, but I, you know, I'm sure if you're like 
uh, like Billie Eilish and you're doing it a thousand times a yeah. day every for however many years, it probably gets exhausting after a while. That's just funny. Yeah, I remember like they had, one of our thing was is like when I'm when I'm in San Diego, I listen to the, the station I was on, and it was like yeah, yeah. half these people a have never listened to the station and probably <laughs> are only in San Diego for like a very minimal period of time to play whatever show they have, and then they're out. But it's just yeah, I can imagine being in like you know connecticut or something or i i don't I, that's not a very good yeah, yeah. but like some random city and you're like oh what i'm yeah, in like blah 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 i listen to this station that i've never heard of <laughs> yeah know? i listen. yeah when i'm in kansas city it's like we've been there like three times ever it's, yeah right, I, right. I get that <laughs> or it's yeah, your yeah, first yeah. time does, there like we're only listening to this station <laughs> at all times yeah it, it definitely like i get how it can be a little weird and feel disingenuous but i will say like just that just the opportunity to do it and be there and kind of see how they all operate is it was always cool and exciting to us so we never we, we were never like oh, all right let's do this it was always right, like, right. Cool. Let's just i guess good yeah day. like yeah. you said once you become to the yeah a billy eilish level you're like oh my gosh i got to sure do, at that yeah. point yeah <laughs> sorry that, my dog that, is Oh, no, no, decided no. It's playtime. <laughs> all good. All good. Um, what was it like then having, a, you know, you had airplay on the radio? Like, was that cool to experience that? Yeah, I think uh, I because, yeah, honestly, there was two moments where it really stuck out to me that were really, really awesome. Um, one was the first time we were all together and we heard it. We we had just landed uh, in L.A. and we got an Uber to go to uh, an Airbnb and we were out there and we, a couple of days before our tour started. So you're we getting ready. And we literally got in the car, like put our bags down, like, you know, sat down. And the first song that played on the radio was our song. And all wow. of us were like losing our minds. I think at first we thought that our Uber driver may have recognized us and then like put it on, put it on. or something. It was like okay. messing with us, but he had no idea. So we're all just going nuts. And, and like, he's like, what is wrong with these people? Um, and yeah, we we're like filming the radio and like, we had him like, like crank up the music. And it was really cool because it was the first time that all of us had that, that moment together. That's um, so cool. It was very surreal, very cool. And then I, I would say the second time would be um, the first time my parents heard us on the radio. And I remember I, I stopped home in between tours to go. Uh, and it was like the radio station that I grew up listening to. That's awesome. Um, and so I, I literally stopped home and uh, just to turn my car around in the driveway. And I was going to, we we're going to go get like breakfast or something like that. And it was playing and, and like my, my parent, my dad was so proud. He's like yelling to my neighbors. They're like in the driveway. It's like, there's tons on the radio. Our neighbors are like, cool. We don't care. Thanks. And it was just like a really <laughs> funny, uh, just like, yeah, situation. So those are two. It's always, it's really, really cool. Very surreal. Um, and I don't know. We, it's something that we like do not take for granted. It's, yeah. it's a really great, great experience. I love to hear that story. That's so cool. Was it K-Rock that was playing you guys? Yes. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I grew yeah. up in San Diego and I was on the radio in San Diego and then San Francisco. I think we played you guys when I was in San Francisco. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Live 105 or now it's like Dan FM or something like that. I don't even know. What it's I know. Called. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, but it's, what's funny to me is uh, so I interviewed the, this girl the other day and she has like a new like TikTok hit. Right. And yeah. I guess she's doing the radio thing. And she was on Kiss FM and they asked her like, a, like, what is it like, you know, with the radio or whatever? And she like total like Gen Z was like, 
I I don't ever listen to the radio, like straight up told yeah. them that. I, I was like, <laughs> oh man, like that's so funny to hear just being like, that was like, the. I, that's why I love hearing stories like yours. Like it was so cool because you'll either get yeah, that yeah. or like, what the hell is a radio? I know. Like, yeah, just, yeah, there's definitely like, the, I think, I think my, our generation was probably like the, the last one that was like this is this is like it's this just, is cool. I don't know, it was so cool yeah like because you grew up like that's what your parents listen to it's stuff like you're, that so you're, right. you're around it more yeah i'm sure gen like all these like tiktok like gen z kids are probably like my, my who's listening to that i don't even think right. like, like, radio yeah what yeah, is yeah. that dinosaur <laughs> that's in the car like i thought that was just yeah. like <laughs> some <laughs> sos thing um yeah, yeah i only listen to music on nfts now yeah it's like, <laughs> right uh that's funny um yeah, it's like I guess if you, I mean, the now would be like if you got playlisted or like editorial playlisted, right. which, yeah, yeah, which is, yeah. but which I think is, that's so much more powerful, powerful, though, to be honest. Right, unless you right. get picked yeah, up I mean, by all stations. Anyway, sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's now it's kind of funny. It's it it's really great in a way because it is kind of the sum of all parts, and and there's so many different ways to kind of get your music out there, and, and that's mm-hmm. a really exciting thing too. So it's like it does it's open up. I still and like radio, especially. There's I think you know, most people are still listening to radio mm-hmm. more than you think. It's like, I think we see it in such a little like bubble, but like you go outside and ask any random stranger, they're like, where do you find music? And they just listen to the radio in their car. They're not like, unless they're like a huge music lover, like you, you or me or anyone right. else. Like, I feel like most people just, they're like, yeah, just play whatever's going to, you want to play to me and I'll listen to it. So there's really great discovery tools out there from, from, you know, Apple music to Spotify to radio to whatever. Yeah. Sure. That's cool. It is really interesting. I mean, prior to the pandemic, this one I, I did, I stopped doing radio, like kind of when the pandemic was going, but um, it's interesting. Right. Like when I had stopped, that was like still the number one pe- place people discovered new music. And I'm like, how is this yeah. where people are discovering new music? Like it just yeah, blew yeah. my mind. I still couldn't like grasp. And I was in the industry. I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, You're like how what are, is going on here? Yeah. But it's like, you have to also look at it. Like you can't cater to the music lovers because there's not, I mean, That's the exactly. music nerds, I guess more, more would be like me. And then people that are just kind of fans or have it on as background music that's more the norm than somebody that's like really invested in it a hundred percent oh yeah like someone like you or you or me are going to like there could be no ways to find music and we're going to find music like that's just right. who we are at our right. core you know exactly the, the regular person is just like path of least resistance just play it for me i want something i could move my hips to while i cook something in my kitchen and not right. have to think about it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. That's and that's great. And that's why, that's why radio is such a powerful tool. It really is. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. With um, the, you guys put a record out in 2016, Undefeatable 2 plus 2. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, that was uh, kind of like a single with a couple uh, additional Extra songs tracks that we wanted to put on there. Yeah, yeah. And that was, um, I feel like just kind of like a, a strange, strange time for us. It was like kind of right as, uh, to give everyone like a history on our band, our, our guitar player who was like one of the founding members with, with me uh, left the band on like really good terms. We love him. He was just ready for something different in his life. And I think a little bit burned out on, on like doing the band thing and wanted to pivot to being a songwriter. Um, and we like, were very supportive, but it kind of left us for a little bit trying to kind of reposition and, and um, you know, figure out like, okay, like, do we go forward as a three piece? Do we go forward as this? And, and it was like kind of our first delve into, just being a three piece and like kind of, kind of uh, launching things like that. And 
So we put out Undefeatable. And then like shortly after that, uh, we, we already knew Max, uh, who is our current guitar player and um, started working with him and, and realizing, you know, what he kind of brought as a songwriter as well. And it helped us in a way, I think, kind of figure out exactly who we were. Cause you know, you change the recipe a little bit mm-hmm. and suddenly you're, you're not really sure um exactly what you are or what your like sonic capabilities are and it it was kind of like a a a tumultuous but really fun time to kind of rediscover who we were as a band and that that was kind of the start of it i think with that track Mm -hmm. and then you guys put out a a few a handful of singles right with the new guitar player and was it different writing as with a new member in there yeah, definitely. I think uh, just Max uh, uh, as a guitarist has just a completely different like background in, in the things that he likes to play. And, and I think our music is because it is alternative music is so guitar driven mm-hmm. um, that it was like kind of fun to to have him come along. Because I feel like a lot of stuff in the past was like very rock, like influenced, uh, but very folky at the same time. And, and Max kind of came along and has, he's like, obsessed with motley crew and all of these really kind of like fun like 80s rock bands so he's a little bit more hands-on and like the heavy guitar parts and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's kind of like a cool um time like figuring out exactly what what worked sonically for our band but also would allow everyone to kind of showcase the things that they're interested in musically mm-hmm. and then around uh, what like a year in or so a couple years in is when the band takes a hiatus for a while yeah yeah so we right before that we had uh released uh sad and um then you know i think we all were just kind of tired it, we mm-hmm. had toured nonstop for essentially like what at that point four or five years it was kind sure. of relentless touring and releasing music and um we start when we started the band and like things kind of popped off we were just kind of kids and then we were like all a little bit older slowing down a little bit um and just wanted to kind of like take a little bit to kind of focus on other things and um it wound up actually being really cool for us we kind of started a a new project temporarily um and just we're like we're just going to write everything produce everything ourselves and and Mm -hmm. just kind of let it be a very loose project that has no expectations no nothing because you know after five years of doing one thing it's like there's a certain sound that people expect from you certain everything we were like we'll just let this be what it is and it really kind of taught us um andy in particular how to just self-produce everything and find the sounds that we were looking for and it was really really great uh and then the pandemic started we were like all right the world needs young rising sun's music back because things Mm -hmm. just felt really grim really dark and we were a band who just always really tried to lean into like finding the, the the optimism and everything and and like even when you know, our songs are, are a heavier subject. Our whole thing is always looking at it as like a glass half full kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it felt like an appropriate time to come back. And we saw, we saw that even in like our numbers, like we looked at our, our Spotify streaming numbers and they were just steadily climbing after we did nothing as that band for a year. And then we were like, okay, people need this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to just kind of like launch and come back and, and we felt re-energized and refreshed and uh, kind of more capable than ever. We were like, we didn't, we, and, and in, in that process in between, we, we had left Interscope and uh, stopped working with our, one of our longtime like producers. And we were like, we're just going to do this ourselves and, and do it the way we did when we first started the band, which was just mm-hmm. like write songs in my mom's basement, which we still do. Uh, wow. Which was like, okay. yeah, yeah. She's like the biggest supporter. We have a studio in Brooklyn. 
now, but, um, you know, we'll still go down there and just write some songs in the basement. It's like, you know, all the time and all the things have passed, but we, it's like the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it was, it was kind of like really nice and refreshing to get back to our roots. And, mm-hmm. and it, that was kind of a big way in how we created this, this newest album and kind of all the singles we released in between. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been really, really a fun journey, if anything else. That's amazing. And this is what your first like real full length album, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time coming. We've been telling fans it was coming since 2015, which like to no fault of our own. It was just, (laughs) it was, you know, it's challenging. Like we, you know, being on a major label um, and kind of bopping around and and doing that, it's, there's a lot more politics involved Mm -hmm. in that stuff. Not, and not like, I don't mean it in a negative way. It's just there. It's a different animal. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um, this was like, finally we, we were like, okay, we have a ton of time. We're not touring. We're not doing anything. We're going to sit down and we're going to write. And now it's cool. We have uh, like basically like 40 unreleased songs at this point. So we could drop another two full albums in the next like month if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been really cool to kind of like kick and shoe stuff and have the time to, to find the cohesive songs that really work together and tell the story that we're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And were a lot of these, because you put out some songs in 2020 and then you put out an, another EP, right? Swirl was another yeah, yeah. group of songs in 20, last year, 2021. And now you have a full record out. Like, were these all songs from the same kind of, or is it just like, okay, we're going to write, 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 write. And then we can clump these together and these together. Are these started after maybe Swirl or after some of those earlier singles came out? It's, it's kind of funny. It's like a, a little bit of all of that. I think we, for each like body of work that we had, like from, from Swirl to the album now, um, mm-hmm. we had an idea of like the, the types of songs and the content of the songs that we wanted to have on each uh, like release, essentially. So we kind of worked backwards from that. Like, okay, this is our general game plan. These are the things we want to write about for this release, for this release to kind of tell a story and, and um, to also have like a cohesive thought process on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were kind of written all over the place, knowing that like, these are the dates we want to release them. Uh, and these are the songs and like the things. So it kind of was like funny how we, we almost worked backwards from having like a general game plan and then <laughs> started writing songs. And then we're like, Oh, this song doesn't belong on either of them, but this song is really good. Okay. How do we make this work? And it was just kind of like a, a fun exercise in our own of just trying to create and create, create, and create, and then kind of figure out a home for the match. <laughs> so yeah we it just it was i feel like a a fun creative process that was kind of uh for for us like just something we had never had a chance to do before and really be thoughtful about everything and not be touring the entire time we're doing it in in a long time so it was really nice that's awesome and with the with the record are you guys doing a tour to support it or yeah so it is it is something that's in the works i think just like post-pandemic uh touring is like the hunger games it's like crazy right. like you 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 try and get uh like a venue and they're like okay there's like 17 holds on this venue and like for this specific day good luck and you're just like all right hopefully they pick us so it's yeah. something that's in the works i think things now are opening up more and more and more and, and uh it is like definitely a, a plan to tour this record because i think for us um live shows are like our bread and butter it's it's mm-hmm. the thing we really love the most aside from writing and creating and like putting songs out there it's just being able to perform those songs and and in front of people who like connect with them and sing lyrics back to us that's like that is the highlight of our entire 
Like it's why we do it. We love right. doing that. That's the best part. Yeah. So we're really, really pumped and, and looking forward to it. So it's in the works. I promise. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this, Steve. I appreciate it. Um, I have actually two quick questions. One is um, if you've thought of investing in maybe like uh, some Velcro shoes, because I did see that you have a, an issue with tying. Oh man, I know. Your yeah, shoes. I, it's, it's Matt, every <laughs> single one of those photos is taken by Max. He like, so uh, good. It, dude, it, uh, there's like hundreds of them. I'm not even kidding. I don't know what it is. And I, actually, I know exactly what it is. I refuse to have, ever double knot my shoes. That's so uh, funny. And I also have this like weird thing when, when we're like sitting down in the studio and we're like talking, I tie my shoes like loose just because I don't want them to be too tight. Mm-hmm. And then we all get up and we start walking somewhere and I forget that I like didn't tie them well. And then they untie and I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta put these <laughs> in sport mode right now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's probably mode. time. It's probably time for Velcro shoes. I- <laughs> That's awesome. I just saw that Instagram post. I was dying. I'm like, because I clicked it. I'm like, and I was viewing it on my computer. So it wasn't like, and I was like, oh, oh this is fun. There's a few. And then it's like so many. Like, There's so many. There's yeah. even more too. Like, I, we're like, definitely going to do like a part two and three. It's, it's oh, embarrassing, man. but this is who I am. <laughs> That's just so good. And my last uh, real question is if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh man. Yeah, I, I think especially with like songwriting and and creating music and everything is just don't be afraid to be yourself and i know that's super cliche and sounds so stupid but i think that's what people gravitate towards like like especially in a world today where there are so many different formats to consume music and and like everything is so content based where it's like video and tiktok and youtube and podcasts and any of that um so i think people are very like fans and viewers are very smart and they could see through any contrived BS nowadays because there's so many formats to really experience who people are. So just be yourself. That's the most interesting thing in the world. And people really genuinely will connect with that uh, because everyone just wants to feel like they're kind of accepted. And I feel like songwriting is the same thing. It's like you write the things that mean something to you and people are going to connect with it because everyone's looking for something to connect with.